0: The Ryan Reese Show from, from Southern California, California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it's going down tonight. Saturday night, I got one of my good friends in the studio, Trevor Tyson, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, you guys might know him, probably know him from Trevor Talks, which is a podcast on all platforms. Everywhere. Um Transparent Media, which he uh, runs a social media um, company as well, which a lot of her friends work uh, with. I we work with them as well. Um, But dude, we met um, years ago. We met years ago at. I don't remember me. Honestly, I don't even remember meeting you. I was in the, I was in the lobby, and we talked to a couple people there. And but that was you
1: at the W. (laughs) Um, the W Hotel right off of Pennsylvania Avenue Uh in D.C. at Together 2016.
0: Because, I mean, this was a big event. It was that big big prayer meeting. Yeah, call
1: Pulse put on Together 2016. It was uh, deemed to be the largest Jesus gathering in American history. And they, like, that was the first, like, event, like, thing that I got to be a part of, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't speaking. I was, like, interning, quote-unquote, helping promote the event around the country. Um, That was the beginning of the journey for me. And— the crazy thing is, when we met, I was going through one of the darkest seasons of my life, and it seems like that would be exciting being at this event, like you know over a million people are supposed to be there. I was in my hotel room having panic attacks the whole time
0: isn't that incredible here it's it is the, the biggest event ever, and people are excited to come from all over the nation, all over the country, and there was like a hundred thousand people there,
1: over a hundred thousand oh. if uh, don't hold me to this, but there were if I'm remembering correctly, there were close to 500,000 people there. And they shut it down early because it got too hot and people, people were, were passing out, out yeah. you know, yeah. all that stuff. But it was still such an impactful event. It was amazing. It was phenomenal. The whole Pulse team, I'll never forget that. Like, being able to work boots on the ground for years to promote that thing and being able to see it through. Even though I was struggling, Yeah, I couldn't miss it. Like, I was paying tax on the flight, paying tax on the hotel room, couldn't eat. Like, I was there for the event on the National Mall. And God gave me a blanket of anointing that day to be able to, like, fight through it, you yeah. know? But it was it was such an impactful
0: event, man. But So what's interesting is as you're saying this and listeners are hearing it, here you are, you're a Christian. You're part of the biggest Christian event in the history yeah. of, you know, period. The largest
1: Jesus gathering
0: in American history is what yeah. it was deemed as. Yeah. Here you are, you're on staff, you're helping promote it all, but yet you're dealing with panic attacks, mm-hmm. depression, and all this stuff.
1: And it was a very recent that I'd started struggling.
0: So how could this happen if you're a Christian?
1: I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is God gave me some sort of discernment through it all mm-hmm. to where, like, yeah, I've struggled with the panic attacks, I've struggled with depression, mm-hmm. I've struggled with that longing to just not be there anymore. Mm-hmm. I've never been like having a knife in my hand or anything; just want to kill myself. Yeah. But I've, I've felt that feeling of just being so lonely that I'm like nobody would miss me if I were if I were gone.
0: I, I ask you that because there's a lot of Christians mm-hmm. that struggle with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and stuff like that. So today, this show, this is gonna be a serious, very serious show for the listeners. Um, I'm very curious to hear. You just kind of break it all down from all different angles yeah. to really educate the the listeners. Because there are Christians right now that are listening to this on the podcast or the radio show or through social. Maybe they're watching the social media right now. And um, they're dealing with that. And they feel like they're all alone. No one cares if they're there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel like God doesn't love them. And if they're a Christian, why are they, doing, why are they going through this? Yeah.
1: So many people out there are struggling, but so little at this point. And it's beginning to come mainstream where everybody's like, oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. It's becoming a cool fad, right? But especially with men, like people need to hear the vulnerable stuff. People need to hear that they're not alone in their struggles. And for me, like God's just laid it on my heart. Like not only do I like learn to overcome it. It wasn't one of those things where Benny Hinn just like slapped me in the face like Will Smith (laughs) at the Oscars last night. (laughs) And I was healed. That's a great
0: combination, right there.
1: It is a great combination. (laughs) Like I wasn't like slapped in the face by evangelists, healed. Like, but I truly believe that God can use like um, medication, therapy. Mm -hmm. Like He's given us these tools to learn to navigate with this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And even when I was with Project Semicolon as an artist relations dude, I was in high school. Like Amy Blue, the lady that started it um, she took a risk with me, man. Like I was in high school. She was like, yeah, I'm going to let him, uh, relate with these artists and do interviews and stuff before I'd go live on Facebook with these artists and rock stars. Mm. I would Google mentums of uh, uh, symptoms of mental health because I had no clue. I didn't know the first thing about anxiety. I didn't know the first thing about depression. I don't even know how I got plugged in. And, um, Amy, she was such an amazing soul, man. And we ended up, uh, she died by suicide, and she was one of the loudest voices in mental health. Started Project Semicolon. A lot of people have the semicolon tattoo. My business mm-hmm. partner's wife has it. Uh, she just got it recently, and we had never talked about that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some day slumber on their new record just um, wrote a song about um, her life and everything is called Halos. such a beautiful song. And a lot of the loudest voices out there, that are advocating like for these things. And just think of Robin Williams, Chester Bennington, yep. Jared Wilson, who was a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. And he was from Corona just right over here. It's where he mm-hmm. was living with mm-hmm. uh, uh, serving at Greg Laurie's church. Like all of these amazing voices, you would never think mm-hmm. that they're struggling with that. And I just feel like God's given me this message of like, like you're not going to go down like that. I'm not going to allow you to do it. And am I saying that he like specifically allowed these people to do that? Like something's just happened, dude. Mm -hmm. People hit a low spot and it's not like, Oh, they killed their self as they died by suicide because now we know it's clinical. Like Mm -hmm. if you're struggling with cancer, you could die from it. If you're struggling with depression, you can, you can die from it. Mm -hmm. And that's a hot take for some people, especially in the church Mm because mental health in the church, it's still a very recent topic Mm -hmm. of the past 10 years to like, just really be accepted. And just to circle the wagon to, like, what you're doing with the Whosoever's, when I was 12, 13, I'd be watching the Whosoever's events on YouTube. That's how I learned about Flyleaf, Lacey. Mm-hmm. That's how I heard about Brian Head Welch because mm-hmm. I was not a corn-like person. Yeah, I, yeah. I popped out of the womb in you're, 97, you're young. you know, you're in are prime of corn. And so yeah. I was listening to the Whosoever's message. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm sitting at this table right now, is a whole testimony of its own mm-hmm. like it's almost like god was like i was never like a mega like i'm gonna go stalk that person fan it was like oh they're doing some cool stuff i'd love to be a part of that one day so Dude, even that's awesome to be at this table um owning a agency transparent media company getting to help artists influencers speakers nonprofits, just to get their message out yeah None of this was ever on the cards. No. Like for me, I'm from a tiny town with like 3,000 people in it, dude. Like there were like 100 people in my graduating class. That's so awesome. It was. It was not. I didn't have parents in the industry. I yeah. God just made it happen. He's made it happen. And a lot of work was in between. I'm not gonna leave people hanging with like, oh, he just made it happen. He like
0: no. There's a lot God of ro- a lot of work. work. A lot dude, of work.
1: I would s- even go as far to say there were at least 10 years of free labor from serving. Merch tables at Winter Jam for like Red and Skillet, just volunteering, yeah, Yeah. all the way up, dude. Like, just serving. I never expected to have a career in this. I never expected to have a talk show. I never expected any of it. Yeah, servant's heart, bro.
0: It's biblical. God, yeah, he honors. God honors it. He honors it. So I have a question. So why do you think there's so much? I mean, I didn't growing up, I didn't hear about this stuff. I mean, you'd hear about a suicide here and there, but why is it? Why is there such a a great uh, amount now of suicide or mental health?
1: Well, I would even say like over the past two years with what we've been going through with – I don't even want to say what it's called – the lockdowns and stuff. Mm -hmm. More to my knowledge from the statistics I've seen with my eyes, as long as they're credible – you know, they came from credible sources to my knowledge – that more people died by suicide than they did the – pandemic, right? COVID, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Does that say anything? To me, it does. So interesting. People were, and I'm, people died uh, from yeah. the pandemic. People died from COVID. I'm not discounting that. Yeah. People were also struggling with loneliness, depression, mm-hmm. isolation. They needed connection mm-hmm. more than ever. And we have these devices in our hands right now, right? And we're quote unquote, more connected than ever. We're also more alone than ever because we're not having these face-to-face conversations. It's all FaceTime. It's all texting. And I think it's a great tool. But we're not connecting like we should. I mean, think of dating apps. Like, I'm 24. Single as a Pringle.
0: Single and ready to
1: mingle. Single and ready to mingle. I'm going to look in this camera right here. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, you know, like, so many people are isolated to these phones. And they feel like they're connected, but they're not. Yeah. And I don't know, man, like. I saw a graphic that this organization called Heart HeartSport put out the other day and it was talking about that. It's like people want to connect. They want to have that one-on-one discussion with people. Yeah. But even like people that are younger than me, like in high school and middle school and elementary school, they're not learning how to have these communication skills. They're not going to spend night with their friends. They're binging video games or whatever you call it. I'm yeah. not a gamer. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, they're staying up all night on Xbox Live with their friends, and they're not, like, building forts and getting in trouble, you know? Yeah, like, not yeah. advocating for kids getting I know in trouble, you know. but I know. Just you got to have some fun, being right? Kids. Um, Ding-dong door yeah. ditch,
0: keeping some houses,
1: you Dude, know? yeah, keeping some houses. Those were the good old days, and those were your days because we didn't even get to do that. I grew up in a very tiny town, Well, toilet paper is
0: very expensive. We had cows
1: around us, and, like, those were our neighbors, bro. T.P.
0: A cow. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. We had airsoft
1: guns and paintball guns. I'm going to leave it at that. Let's do it. You know, like, whatever. Um, But, like, even for myself, like, I grew up in a very normal family. Yeah. It was never – and my parents, like, they didn't really struggle with depression or anxiety or anything like that. So it was like when I started struggling, I was traveling with Pulse, and a guy, Mike, that worked with them called me. He's like, hey, we want you to go speak at Shorter University um, next week. Promote the event, you know, share your story, whatever, like just plug together. Cool, I'll do it. So I drive from Social Circle to Birmingham because I was touring with Pulse at the time. And I met with Jay Anderson and Pia Joe Reynolds there at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham. Started off so normal. And I remember getting there. We were staying with this guy, Scott Lenning, his wife Tammy. They hosted us. Um, He's with like Billy Graham Association and Mm -hmm. Scott Dawson. Super beautiful people. Normal, relaxed trip. And the next day we go to the, uh, conference, I think it was like art conference or something. And mind you, I'm still in high school, drove to Birmingham, never dealt with a panic attack to my knowledge until after therapy, which we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and the night of the conference, dude, I remember, uh, what's that guy's name? I can't remember his name. He's a pastor. He was speaking and he was like, just giving his heart out. And I remember just everything started to fade for me. My heart started pounding. That's all I could hear is my heartbeat. And people were talking to me, and I'm like telling Jay, like, dude, I don't feel good. And he's like, are you anxious? Are you like – like there was discernment on their part. They've got kids and stuff. No, can't be that. Go up to the paramedic, and I was a minor, so they couldn't give me ibuprofen, Tylenol, or anything. So I'm just like walking around the outside of this building trying to throw up because I thought it would make me feel better. Whoa. Didn't throw up. And that was a panic attack. That was a panic attack. That was the first one – that i could recall wow and i ended up like jay had to drive my car with me in it back to the host house i'd call out of that event the day of um luckily like for what are they called speeches like that where they have uh, everybody gets together for a conference type thing yeah. every week at seminary schools they have like people on call to like fill in for this so i was grateful for that it made me feel a little bit better but i drove back home and I stayed in my bed for like a week. I, it was wow. my senior year. My brother had like, uh, my twin brother, Travis, had a bunch of our senior friends over because it was our senior year. And I'm in my bed. Everybody's outside having a good time, swimming, like senior yeah. party, right? I'm in bed. Can't get out. For a whole week? For a whole week. Dang. And my parents are like, dude, what's up with this guy? Yeah. My dad finally was like, all right, we're going to the lake. and. I ended up, like, being able to climb out of it slowly, but I didn't get treated for, like, anxiety or anything like that. And I remember being able to speak in front of, like, I didn't care how big the crowd was or how small it was. I could just give my heart out, right? Yeah. I was doing evangelism. Yeah. And after that moment, I had had some success with, like, videos on Facebook and was able to do some really neat things, right? Yeah. But I deleted it all. And I said, I'm done with ministry i can't do it anymore i i was in literature class and i was supposed to give like a presentation for like my senior exam something like that and i remember walking into miss cannon's class and i'm like hey could i just do this with like me and you and she's like no you got to do it in front of the class or you're gonna get a zero so i had to like build that up and there's only like 20 people in the class i could i had to do it and yeah. i did it but it was uncomfortable I kept having panic attack after panic attack. So, like, so attack.
0: when you're getting a panic attack, yeah. you're, you're feeling the same
1: thing. You're kind of like, heart. heart starts racing. All you can hear is your heartbeat. For me, I started to like check out, like Whoa. looking out in the spaces, just right. not, right, not yeah, paying attention. Yeah, yeah,
0: yep, totally. Okay, so how did you? So, what, when, when was the point when you decided to figure out, like, like, at least go to the doctors and figure out what the heck was going on?
1: The girls dating at the time, Madison. Mm-hmm. She, this two years later, by the way. Two years later. Two so, years I, later. So you're
0: still having panic attacks yeah. for two years.
1: So I That's did nuts. one last who are all with Energized Ministries. We went and did Soul Fest out in uh, New Hampshire. And on the way back, I filled out a job application for uh, AT&T, a retailer, um, to sell phones and stuff. Yeah. And I worked there for three years but two years in uh the girls dating at the time was like you should go to therapy like i really think you could really do some of the speaking stuff because i had just started to get back into making videos talking about faith and just mental health and stuff and they were doing all right and a festival reached out um here in california so this which is one? it's joshua fest out in quincy mm-hmm. which is such a beautiful festival aaron like took a shot with me from that he was the guy that reached out and i was able to like Hey guys, uh, Joshua Fest is here. Lecrae is going to be here. Crowder, like all this stuff. Yeah. Like, I d- I never thought I was going to be able to do that again. But he reached out. I told her, and she's like, You need go therapy, all this stuff. So I did what's called, I believe it's called EDMR therapy. And it's just you go back in your mind. It's not hypnotization or anything like that. Yeah. Like, it's a very great practice. It involves sound and like sight stuff, right? Yeah. So I was able to go back like in my brain, like just through conversations with therapists and work through some of the traumas that I didn't even know I had. Mm. And it was to the point where like, I was able to go do this festival before that I was able to do an album launch um, concert for one of my buddies, Shane. And that went well. I went and did the festival. I got there and mind you, like I'm on, it's a big festival. I hadn't done any of those in years, and I'm, like, throwing up behind the stage. Like, I got to go introduce yeah, LeCrayer for King Country. Like right. Throwing up behind the stage, oh dude. Oh, gosh. And, but I was able to make it happen. Like, yeah. with faith and, you know, medication has been something that's yeah. been a game changer for me. And yeah, I want to I yep. jump in
0: here really quick about the yep. uh, the medication stuff. So, you know, we, we talk to a lot of different people, even mm-hmm. people that come to the church. And, you know, we always tell people, hey, man, we'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. We're going to pray, obviously, that God will heal you from this, but don't, don't be getting off your medication. Uh, we're not doctors and, you know, and I even have several, uh, friends that, that basically, you know, they're, they were just born with a deficiency, deficient, deficiency in something. And now they have to take some, you know, some herbs or, or, you know, some vitamins, whatever to, to, to replace it. And, um, you know, there is, there is people, you know, when we talk about anxiety and panic attacks Mm -hmm. and depression, there's different versions of it. Right. So, um, there's ones that I believe is there's, there's some that have opened themselves to the supernatural, mm-hmm. you know, when they're messing with pharmakia, witchcraft yeah. in the Bible talks about, you know, it could be like supernatural films. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be pornography, any doorways that you're allowing the yeah. influence of the demonic realm around you. And I'm not talking about in you possessed. okay? I'm talking about yeah. around you, uh, that's influencing that. So there's some, some people that are like, I'm depressed. Like I prayed for a kid and. New York, he was dealing with depression. He was look Googling how to murder his parents. And the youth pastor was actually a a, 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 a cop, a New York City cop. He, and his parents told him everything. He was plotting to murder his parents? Yeah. Welcome he, to the Ryan Reese Show. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was depressed, and he was planning to murder his parents. Wow. So anyway, I meet with him, and he's totally down and out, depressed, just totally sad and just out of it. Well, I end up talking to him about, you know, did you – we he'd been watching porn, he'd been watching this, and basically he was heavily into porn. And that opened this door into depression. I said, You need to repent, give your life to Christ. I prayed for him. Next thing you know, he's running around the youth group eating pizza, and his dad's not even a Christian. And he goes, What'd you do to my son? I go, What do you mean? I got prayed with him. He said, We haven't seen him running around smiling in like four years. So there's there's that depression, you're being oppressed. Yeah. But then there's the medical Mm-hmm. Where the balance, the body's off. There's something you know going on that that uh, causes yeah. panic attacks and depression. Because I don't like the categories at all. Yeah, it's the same.
1: It's so diverse. It's and very. it's a hard topic, too. Like It's mm. such an in-depth discussion. Yeah. You can't sit down and have a conversation and go through it all in an hour. Tor- Unless you're Caroline Leaf. Like, she's... Woo. She's really good with that stuff. She's a neuroscientist. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't do that. And I'm not an expert in this stuff. I can just tell you what I've seen work for me personally. And one of the things that was contributing to these panic attacks, and, like, even today, like, even on medication, I still have a lot of uh, issues with my thyroid. I have hypothyroidism. Okay. And untreated can cause panic attacks and just heavy
0: fatigue. What is that?
1: My thyroid is, like, I don't. Really it's know. just off. Yeah, it's off. Something okay. about it. Like, yeah. I've never really gone in depth. I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, I don't feel that way anymore. I would wake up and, like, early in the morning, especially for school, you had to wake up at, like, 630 to get there, right? Every single morning, I would just – sometimes I'd throw up or I'd gag heav- heavily, like, just gag reflux, Right. But once I got checked, like they did blood work and everything, you have hypothyroidism. I'm like, what is that? And they're like, it's a lifelong disease. It can't be cured. You're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. I'm like, you need to go learn how to communicate this stuff a little easier. Yeah. But it wasn't the end of the world. I started but, taking but, the medication. But right?
0: that, that's insane, though. Like, here you insane. are dealing with this stuff. Yeah. And it was just something that was off. I had body. been to numerous
1: doctors and none of them thought to test it. Unbelievable. It is Unbelievable. And why? Like, why wasn't that tested? Like, this doctor had amazing discernment. And she was a Christian. Mm-hmm. She was a Christian. Um, and she was, um, she had went to Winter Jam, like, the week before. And she saw Nick speak, so I had the Together bracelet on, and I gave it to her. Oh, cool. Like, so I believe that was a divine thing. And God provides the right people at the right time. And I do heavily believe that people could be healed on the spot. Yeah, I believe that yep. God still moves in that way. The Holy Spirit is alive and well and he can heal you and i would never ever say he can't because he can he's proved it time and time again we've seen it at whosoever's events we've seen it at lacy concerts like yeah dude people come and they're hungry and the holy spirit shows up yeah but if for whatever reason god chooses not to heal you yeah it's not because he hates you it's not because he wants you to feel pain i can't tell you why but I can tell you that your pain does have purpose. Mm -hmm. Like for me, God gave me this word at one point, and it's you're stronger than your symptoms. And because I was dealing with a lot of symptoms, panic attacks, depression, suicidal ideation, um, just a lot. And then the thyroid stuff like nausea, um, et cetera. I'm stronger than my symptoms. Mm -hmm. And this anxiety, this depression, um, I try to not say my anxiety, my depression, because that's claiming it. Like you can't train your dragon. Sorry, Disney. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't I can learn to cope with things, but I'm not gonna claim that as my own. So if there are listeners that are listening to this and they've been using that term, maybe that's the first step in like overcoming this battle, like quit claiming it as your own. Yep. Like you can own a water bottle, you can own a cell phone, you can own a lot of different things. You can't own anxiety. It's a no. symptom. It's mm. not a physical item that you can grasp. It's there, and that's a whole other can of worms to open. If you're listening to this and you like have a son or a daughter or someone in your life that's been struggling with their mental health, don't tell them to get over it. Be compassionate. Be understanding. It's a silent killer. It's not like you got stabbed in the face and you can see that wound. Right, man. Is slowly. It's what would inside. you suggest
0: to the parents or even some of that that has struggled with this stuff? They're, that, they're, they're going through They don't even know. They don't even know what they're, they're having the symptoms, but yeah. they don't know if it's, you know, if yeah. it's with the stuff that they're into yeah. or if it's like physical.
1: Like, I would find someone that you really trust mm. and have that discussion with them. Just start having conversations, and don't go, like, blabber in your business to everybody. Like, you could tell the wrong person, and it blows up, right? But find, like, a youth pastor, a trusted person, DM, like, someone. Maybe you have a close friend, a parent, a pastor, whatever. Find someone you trust and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Seek advice from people who have been through it. Shoot yeah, me a DM. Somebody will, D- DM Somebody will get back to you. DM the whosoever's. Somebody will get back to you. Somebody wants to have that conversation.
0: You know, as as you're saying that, you know, I was, I was telling you before we did the show that, you know, I had a friend that he uh, he struggled with depression mm-hmm. and he never got healed from it. But he's learned how to navigate through it as a believer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like some days it's just some days are just bad, you know, and but. You know that Christ loves him and he's gonna walk through it and God gets him through those graces when those days come. Mm-hmm. But it's not it has it's not like a daily thing yep. for him. God's done so much in his life, but he he deals with it, you know. Like for
1: me, traveling and even doing stuff like this causes panic attacks. Mm. So like um the day before we started flying out for the unbelievable film premiere and then to do this, like I just know what I can do to minimize. Mm-hmm. what i'm experiencing and even today like if we're gonna shoot it straight like i didn't have like throw up panic attacks or anything yeah. but i felt uneasy mm-hmm. but i knew that god was gonna move i yeah. knew that god is in control and i also remind myself that i'm not in danger like ryan isn't gonna will smith me in this episode
0: <laughs> um yeah, that's yeah. All, like because that, all that know, stuff could come into play right? all
1: that stuff can come into play yeah. and it's it's just like you know what this is something that I may have to live with for the rest of my life. Mm. Let's try to get it under control. Let's find ways around just running away. I remember meeting my friends Chelsea and Nick in downtown Atlanta um, when they got engaged to go eat at this place called Ruth Chris Steakhouse, and all I remember. Oh, I know. Oh, about bro, that. It I went was there once. Bomb. Yeah. It was so good, and all I remember is like the steak was really buttery, and I knew I probably shouldn't be like partaking in something that buttery because like the things i struggle oh. with i know my <laughs> dietary stuff right i ended up just slapping my amex on the table and walking out i was having so, like i was in the bathroom trying with it like you know yeah. sorry listeners i get nitty-gritty <laughs> but they were like yeah like they understood because uh nick lived with me for a season at my house um and so like this stuff was taking over my life for a certain period mm-hmm. and you know what that mindset shift like that I had to personally have mm-hmm. was one of the strongest things that God used to help me overcome these things. And I overcome them daily. I, like I said, didn't get slapped in the face by Benny Hinn. I think I use the Will Smith analogy because mm-hmm. that's pretty recent, but mm-hmm. Benny Hinn, you know, like signs, miracles, wonders. I believe them. Yeah. I believe they happen, yep. but there for a while, I was bitter with God. Why am I struggling with this? But then I remembered oh, a time yeah, yeah. where I prayed. I was like, God, my story is boring. Like, listening to you talk to Javon, I'm like, man, I got to follow this. Oh <laughs> you know? Gosh. And I was like, story. it's a, such a rad story, but not everybody's going to have those stories. And I remember being in high school like, like 1%. Yeah, like, my story's not good enough, God. And, you know, listeners are going to be like, dude, I could relate with that. Like, I'm not good enough to share my story. Your, your
0: story is more relatable than, yeah. There you go. Way like, more. Way more. For
1: relatable. the common folk, right? Like, yeah, well, for, I, yeah, I've never been a drug dealer or anything like <laughs> that. I'm from Social Circle, Georgia, man. Like, yeah, like I grew up on the Dukes of Hazard, dude. Like, there you go. this is it's all within the past, like, I would say 10 years that I've learned to, like, overcome these things. And it's like A-B testing. Like we talk about running ads for clients all the time. Like you A-B test things. Sometimes it works. Sometimes they don't. Don't get discouraged. You might get a therapist that's just not good for you. You might talk to someone that has bad advice. Don't get discouraged from that. Like, just know not everyone's perfect. Your pastor's not perfect. And you see the rise and fall of pastors, like as of recently, like the whole Hillsong thing going down. And I believe that Hillsong, like as a church, like the people in it, that they're so good, they're so loved, and that the Lord has an anointing there. But even like one thing that would be interesting to dissect is like all of these pastors and influencers of the faith are dropping like flies to sexual immortality right i think that's how you say it immoral, immorality. immorality i just made up a new word <laughs> you heard it
0: here first dictionary hey, wait, wait hold that thought all of it bro wait, wait we're gonna unpack this in uh, immortality uh and more immor- 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 immoral immoral <laughs> Hey, listen, we're going to be going to break right now. Hold that thought Sick. because it's going to be a bigger yeah. explosion at the at, after the break. All right, Trevor Tyson in studio, Transparent Media, and Trevor Talks. That's your podcast. How, how long has that podcast been going? Dude,
1: I literally, like when the pandemic hit, yeah. I was out promoting Jeremy Camp's film on the Mercy Me and Jeremy Camp tour. Uh-huh. i had been promoting it for over a year. It got shut down. I flew
0: home, started a podcast. Okay, well there it is. So it's been going for about two years now. Two years. All right, get there, get it, and you have a lot of uh, cool artists on there and stuff like Dude. musicians and different people. You know, amazing. A lot of, you know a lot yeah. of people, so yeah. uh, definitely uh, add that. So when you uh, when you add uh, the Ryan Reeves show, uh, add uh, Trevor Tyson show. Oh, uh, Trevor, Trevor talks, talks. Yeah, get them both. Get his first if you will. No, get Ryan's uh, first. No, no, get yours. Get, no, no, <sighs> get yours. Hey, we're gonna fight. Fine. <laughs> All right, so uh, go to whosoevers dot com. We're gonna come back after the break. And um, we're going to unpack that whole—everything uh, that's been going on in this uh, this church world with pastors and Hillsong and all that stuff. Uh, go to whoswevers.com. Book us for tours. We want to come party with you. want to bring the Great Commission. We'll be back in two minutes. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. To the Ryan Reese Show. So we're back on the air. Are you ready to party? I'm ready to party, and Let's I hope go. everybody else is too. <laughs> well, this show's been intense so far about just uh, depression and, and anxiety, panic attacks, all yeah. these different things. You know, all of them. I, I haven't been able to to relate to these things growing up. You know, but then as time has been going on, you're hearing more about it. I'm talking to a lot of people. and It's an important issue to be talking about. Um, right before the break, we were we were getting into. Uh, We're talking about, you know, with pastors Mm -hmm. falling right now to uh, sexual immorality. So go ahead and expand on that.
1: So my thought, like, when I first saw the news about, like, Brian Houston, Carl Lentz, and even, like, other people that have fallen to it, and I'm not saying their names to call it out. I want to start a discussion, right? Mm-hmm. This is a bigger topic than just like, oh, he or she slept with this person. They're in leadership. The first thing is we're putting these celebrity pastors on way too big of a pedestal. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, they're they're Jesus to so many people, right? And they're normal people just like us. And mental health goes into it. Okay, you're not happy with something. You've chased all this fame. Were you in it for the right reasons? There's so many big discussions that go around about it. But cancel culture in general, like, will we ever hear Brian Houston give a message again? He just resigned from Hillsong. Are we going to hear from Carl Lentz again? Are we going to hear from X, Y, and Z again? Mm. As Christians, we say, come as you are. Then we put these pastors on a Jesus-like pedestal mm. and give them all this money, give them all this fame. And I'm not saying there's uh, anything wrong with getting book royalties and stuff. I'm for it. Mm. Very much so, like, take it and win it, buddy. Yeah. But there has to be a line, right? Yeah. Like, okay, this pastor isn't Jesus, and I'm not standing up for what they did at all. But are we going to cancel these people? Like cancel culture, in my opinion, is, especially within the church, is terrible. Come as you are, but then oh, what example are we setting for people? Like we're going to cancel this pastor, but you know what? You were selling drugs. You were doing this. God can redeem you. But, oh, you were leading millions of people to Christ a year, and, oh, you slept with this lady, and you had this moment, and I'm not sticking up for them you know cheating is wrong Mm -hmm. like sleeping outside of marriage all this stuff like morally for the position that you have yourself in and this high and mighty Mm -hmm. uh, godlike figure that you try to be for some you fell mm -hmm. and are we as church culture or christians Mm -hmm. believers are we going to write them off and never want to talk to them see their face again make fun of them for the rest of their life cancel Mm -hmm. them on social media Uh, de-platform them or are we going to allow God to move through the position that they're in yeah they open up a can of worms and they gotta they like you gotta lay in it bro like you gotta work through it but are we gonna allow them to do that
0: what I what I think is when I see these things because obviously I'm watching the same my friends so we we see the same stuff and we've had uh, discussions as well with different things I think that what it comes down to is well I know what it comes down to is is repentance true repentance you know when you look at these different guys doing their thing um are they truly repented or are they like, oh, I messed up, I got caught, and they'll just continue through? And there's no like verbal sign of repentance or anything. You can't just like pop back up on mm-hmm. social media and act like nothing yeah. ever happened. Or, you know, and, it, and, and what we believe, or not what we believe, but here at, at Calvary Chapel, the process is um, if, some, if something happens like that with somebody, they. Well, clearly, they, there has to be a true repentance, but then they have to get restored. And as they get restored and rebuild up, then they get, then you can bring them back in. You know, we've, there's I've,
1: accountability.
0: Yeah, there's a. It's it's like you either know that they want it or not. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Like if they if they truly are repentant and they know they blew it, then it's like then you work with them, you rebuild them, build them because you don't want them to just go to the wayside. Mm-mm. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. But look at the Bible; it's like full of people making mistakes all the yeah. way through. It's a, it's a story of grace. Yeah. You know, but we gotta love people. And for me, I just watch. I just watch people and go. I, I want to see their moves because, right? It's like their actions. You know, are they going to bear fruit or no fruit, mm-hmm. or are they just, or are these pastors or whatever? Are they just stuck in the fame of things and they miss it and they want to be back and they had to do their time? Oh well, you know, I I, was, I disappeared for a while now. I'm back. Yeah, but it's more like it all comes down to the heart issue. You know, it's yeah. It's, and there's a
1: right way to and come. We're back. not supposed to write yeah. them off there's a right way to come back and there's a wrong way to come back in the past year we've seen both right yeah people dropping like i was wrong Mm -hmm. and i pray that one day you can forgive me and they just start doing business as usual like
0: i did like carl lance's uh his his post
1: yeah he was like he took like obviously he took responsibility for what he did Mm -hmm. but he also was like committed to restoring the family like whole on yards yeah. like that was awesome
0: yeah i don't i don't know him i don't yeah. know his character or anything but like the post he owned it mm-hmm. and he's like i was i was coming from a dry place because mm-hmm. he clearly got up in the hype and yeah. not he got away from the word yeah. and the relationship with god he got caught up in the hype yeah. and that's what will take you out but again i don't know him i'm not vouching for anybody yeah. but he uh from his social post he owned over, yeah. over. so it so to be chris. interesting to see like, who john chris i don't know who that is oh, He's a comedian. oh yeah, the yeah comedian. Like, he
1: owned it bro and he, he was like i went through this process mm-hmm. and like this is something that i've gotten to speak with him about like not on the show or anything but like in my eyes and i don't see him behind closed doors mm-hmm. but i feel like god like has restored that man and I believe it. he's exactly where he's supposed to be. Like to a certain extent, like in my head, I'm like, I think he should have been in the clubs all along. Like, where better to be? Is that where like, he's now? Yeah. Like, well, he's selling out theaters again. Like, so he's escaped cancel culture, like from Christianity. Uh, because if yeah. it were to be any other comedian or any other like celebrity, like um, Oprah, somebody yeah. like that's not like a Christian yeah. influencer, like oh they cheated on their wife, it's gone the next day. But a Christian. On the other hand, mm-hmm. so I understand like Christians are like, come as you are, but they can also be some of the most judgmental people. Mm-hmm. And I want to challenge listeners. Like if you're struggling with that spirit of just being so judgmental with no compassion, mm-hmm. think about things that you have done that you don't want anybody to know about. Cause I have my fair share of those Yeah, in my life. I've struggled with pornography. I've struggled with lying, cursing, like there, are the list is a um, hundred miles long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if some of that stuff got out, man, I'd be devastated, but I'd also be like, you know what? It happened. Mm-hmm. These are things that I've done in my life. And you know what? I pray that you could forgive me. But at the end of the day, like if God still calls me to do something through that, mm-hmm. he'll find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like cancel culture in general, like is dumb to me too, because it's like if you're not paying the bills, you can't cancel somebody. Like you can't mm-hmm. just stop their show. Like what you gonna do? come in the Ryan Re show and just halt production. Like, mm-hmm. no, like people are going to still do what they do. And I don't know, man. I think there needs to be a lot more grace in this culture, especially when it comes to people slipping and falling. If they own it they move forward from it, mm-hmm. forgive them, love them, treat them just like you would. What if it was your son? What if it was your daughter? What if it was your cousin? What if it was your best friend? What if mm-hmm. it was you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's, it's definitely true. And we can't put people on pedestals. And we everyone's can't everyone's drive everyone's people sick. to
1: suicide. Yeah. Because that's another thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can drive somebody to suicide. I mean, if you think about it, crushing somebody on social media, you think they're not going to see it, is bullying. Yeah. It's cyberbullying. It's illegal.
0: Yeah, we're actually in a, in, living in an interesting time now where you could type the most cr- hateful rancid, things. hateful, filthy stuff. And and people are reading it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard not to. It's yeah. there. Yeah, it's right there in front of your face. And that, you know, people may say, what, sticks and stones won't break my bones, but, you know. Words
1: will never hurt me. And I'm sitting here reading comments, like, "Eh, eh, no, (laughs) I don't want to hear that. And just think, like, a lot of these musicians are being super vulnerable in their lyrics. Let's use Chester Bennington, for example. Mm -hmm. His lyrics were so vulnerable. And I don't know if he ever read his comments or anything, but imagine someone in that headspace. Like, obviously, he died by suicide, like from depression and stuff. But imagine someone that, has all the fame and the money in the world and they're still suicidal and they read that one comment and that's what send, sends them over the edge. Mm-hmm. Like, just stop. Like, community, everyone in general, if you hear this, stop being rude. Let's be kind to people. Like, yeah. love one another. Like, mm-hmm. treat others as you want to be treated. You can go into the most basic Sunday school principles and even, like, worldly principles. Like, just be kind, you know? Like, be a good person. Love people. For me, I want to love God and love people. Mm-hmm. I want to be a filthy fisherman, right? Mm-hmm. God's going to use the most broken people for the most beautiful things. I mean, biblically, people had like cheated on their wives, had uh, kids out of wedlock, like all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yet we use them for sermon examples. And, and we, then we use can't them. use them in our, in our normal you life. You remind me of Saul or Paul and like, okay, so he had a transformation. Why can't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, he slipped and fell, but like, yeah. What dude is
0: so. You know, large. I I love to tell people, you know, when they're when they're in this situation or they're looking at someone, I'm like, dude, King David. You know, that's like the favorite story because like he was a warrior, like he took yeah. people's lives. You know, he you know King Saul killed his hundred uh, his, his thousands and King David killed his hundred thousands, right? Yeah. Then he took one of his general's wives to bed when when he was out fighting. And that's all that's documented. Imagine, yeah. I, exactly. The other things. Exactly.
1: Was, it was either me and you or me and Javon were talking about this earlier? It was like. Imagine just, like just that
0: one story was done. just that the, one. one, yeah. Yeah. You, you okay? I'm glad you said that because it's not like you just woke up one day and you're like, I'm gonna hook up with my general's wife. Yeah. There's a progression. It's just like someone that uh, a pastor, if you want, that gets into pornography. It's not. It's not one day and he's like, woo, watching, uh, watching all those. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it started. Yeah. With, it, it's a progression. Yeah. And that,
1: people fall into that temptation all the time, man. Like I can't sit here and say like I'm never gonna struggle with that again. Yeah. Yeah. nobody can like when you say never you're open yourself up for it too like yeah. i pray that i never but i'm human as well so i pray to god that i never struggle with that temptation again but you know what i'm also human and i'll give myself
0: grace and i'll move forward from it you you never know because life brings a lot of twists and turns ups and mm-hmm. ups and downs and you could end up in a situation where you know you you're gonna get tempted by satan mm-hmm. to go back and you might slip up I, mean, I have to talk to people that have slipped up and you know just from people from church I'm at or yeah. I'm not in a good place right now I'm like bro you just gotta come back like there's some twists and turns that got you off track but God loves you come back and and we have to have that grace I, I was just talking to someone the other day and they were talking about how they were uh, oh one of my friends Louis he was talking about how he's witnessing to people and he you know got them in a church They gave their life to Christ read the book the whole thing and then now they're back you know like you know all kinds of weird stuff and yeah. I'm like bro you have learned about evangelism and just ministry, like it's messy. The Jesus ministry is messy. People are going to be coming in and out, and then sooner or later, God just it, the, the Holy Spirit just gets them, and they're just they're just done. But they're it's it's a messy ministry, you know. Yeah. And it's until people. I mean, even me, I try to give my life to God so many times, and it just never stuck. Yeah. Till finally, you know, that one day, that one day, and then it was just like, dude, nope, I'm done, and that's it.
1: You know, Ended I'm up at the Garden of Gethsemane, whole nine yards. Like yeah. you didn't play games with it. And one of the things I really appreciate your ministry and what you're doing, especially like in the Kill the Noise book, like not plug, not plug. I mean, I am plugging your book to a certain extent, but like you're so vulnerable. Even like I listened to it on Audible, and mm-hmm. the dude sounds kind of like you too. So he's got. I the need to listen vibe. to it on Audible. Like, it's so good, <laughs> and <laughs> just hearing your stories and how in depth you went, and even like I don't know if we can even talk about this, but like the you the you version devotional that you put out, and they're like oh, uh, we got to go back and take some of this out because it's too gritty, you know? And uh-huh. it's like, really? Like, I mean, we could talk about it on the radio show, but like, yeah. and I understand wanting to guard people that are going to the Bible app. Like, I'm not saying mm. they're bad people or anything like that. Love them. Use the app all the yeah. time. Go download it. Whatever. But there are some things that church culture is just like, eh, like let's tone that one down a little yeah. bit. But. When you really get down into vulnerability, when you really get down into the nitty-gritty parts of life and the things that people go through on a daily basis, pornography, drug addiction, people— somebody oh, like the stuff that
0: people actually relate to?
1: Yeah. Somebody <laughs> right now listening to this show, whether it's 10 years from now, if you're listening to this right now and you were lighting a blunt, stop what you're doing right now and listen to the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, people—like, if you're listening to this on the toilet, God bless you. I pray that whatever you had for dinner last night, smooth sailing, but— mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you're, they're listening to this right now Mm. because God can use, and he does use shows like this all the time. Mm. When I started mine, it was in my bedroom. And I still to this day, like people hound me all the time. Even people on your team are like, you got to like do something else. Like I tried making a room in my house to a studio and it felt inauthentic for me. Like I like having my bed in the back. Like I'll accidentally wear a matching plaid shirt to match my pillows. Like just, it's It's whatever, bro. Like I, when it, becomes a job I don't want to do it like yeah. but when it's just me having a conversation and being able to relate with people like you brought up earlier like a lot of the guests that I've had on are like people I dreamed of having conversations mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like growing up and it wasn't like a oh I just want to be this person it was like dang, they're doing crazy things. Like One day, I hope I can have a show like them and be able to interview people. Mm-hmm. And ironically, a few weeks ago, we put out an interview. It was me and Lacey from Flyleaf, mm-hmm. or formerly Flyleaf, co-hosted an episode with Corey from Skillet. Oh, yeah. And go? it's like I used to like watch Skillet is one of the huge reasons Trevor Talks exists. Got it. And because Skillet podcast was the first podcast I ever heard of, it would uh. just come out and it was like a video thing. So and they like, they just
0: did it for my tour? Yeah, it was just top a tour top.
1: vlog. They called it Skillet Podcast, but that was, like, the first podcast I'd ever heard of. That's amazing. And I've always been, a, like, a huge Apple geek. So, like, podcasts. It started with an iPod. Like, right. it was just podcasts. podcast. And I was like, man, I want to do radio. I want to do this. I want to do that. But, like, you know what? It's hard to get into this, right? So I put my money where my mouth was and got... The artwork built, got the equipment, like my best friend Stephen Stanley um, edited the first few episodes, made the intro and outro for it. My first interview was with Sherry Rigby, and, like, dude, it's it's been crazy. And all that to say, like, I've said it numerous times on this show, I'm from a tiny town. Mm. Nowhere on the cards where, like, having a conversation that can impact Thousands of people with Michael W. Smith, the Skillet crew, Lacey, Mm. you like, and it's not name dropping, it's just like, think about it. Yeah. Tiny town. I had 100 people in my graduating class. I was always a loud mouth, like, uh, doing the morning announcements, like, hosting the pep rallies. Like, yeah. people are like, how do you, like, handle a, like, crowd that's just not into us? It? Like, dude, I started doing high school pep rallies at a yep. school where nobody had any energy. I had to get out there. Yep. How we doing tonight? <laughs> and crickets. And I'm like, well, you know what? Yeah. I'm here. I'm going to do it. And God just helped me through it. Yep. And." Perfect if someone's listening to this and they're like, man, I want to start a podcast. I want to do radio. I want to do this. I want to do that. Start serving, yep. start serving from the ground up, pick up trash somewhere. The first opportunity I got at on a red carpet was the overcomer film premiere. It was a Kendrick brothers film. And I was willing to clean up trash. And I ended up meeting who's been my mentor now for three or four years, Jennifer. And we had one phone conversation. She had somehow found me on Instagram. We had one phone conversation. I was like, uh, Yeah, so you had this movie, like it's got Shania Twain in it. And like the, I still believe she's like, Oh, well, I'm going to be in Atlanta for this film premiere for Overcomer. You should come out. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd love like anything to get in the room. She's like, How about you just come do the red carpet? And like, I kid you not, I have a picture of it somewhere on my phone. It's like, um, some big names like um, AJC, which is the Atlanta Journal Constitution, like yeah. Billboard or something. Yeah. Some big name, and then right there, handwritten. Trevor talks,
0: and it was That's like amazing. In what world? You, you know, I want I want to add some stuff to this because like people want to be used by God. They, yeah. they, want, they want to be used, and they think like, oh, I have this dream, like, oh, if it's if it is starting a podcast or being in a band or doing whatever, like. The way you're gonna find your dream is you gotta just like you're saying, you just gotta get plugged in and start anywhere. Start where order. you are. Because what happens? You start there, and then God sees your heart and sees how you're gonna react. And even people around you are gonna see, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. And then what happens is God starts opening the doors and he keeps popping in all these different areas as he as a training system for mm-hmm. you to where you're going to be. I've yeah. had people come up to me and be like You know, hey, man, I I love what you guys are doing. Um, You know, I have a testimony. I would love to come speak. And I'm like, I don't know you. I I don't even know who you are, what you stand for. Like, you know, like, let's start a conversation and be friends. Mm -hmm. Let let me see your work ethic. Let's see, like, who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. not going to just plug someone in. Oh, you just need to speak. Okay, so you see that we have a platform, and now you just want to come and just speak on the platform. Yeah. I don't know anything about you. Yeah. And, you know, and, what, and what's your yeah. heart? Are you here just for the platform? And or, that's or?
1: exactly right. Yeah. A lot of people are. And I'm not going to, like, client confidentiality or whatever. Like, I run socials for a lot of, like, higher-profile people. Yeah, I see these DMs. Like, <laughs> everything, like, even, like, the whosoever's in Ryan, right? Yeah. All the time. Hey, I'd love to speak at your event. At the unbelievable film premiere, people were coming up to me. They're like, hey, um, like, you know, just pitching their stuff like I got this band and this and that is awesome. Yeah. So grateful. But when you come up to someone like with intentions, and you could tell the difference. Like yeah. you know when people genuinely just want to have a conversation, and you know when people have ulterior motives, right? Mm-hmm. So my response is always very bluntly and gracefully, like starting your community. Not everyone's called to be, like, a national gem. I don't believe I am. Like, you start where you are. Start in your community. Like, start a small group. Start, if you're in high school, like, uh, the Lifebook movement, you know. Like, you can give the gospel, John, to everyone in your school. We did that, like, in my high school with Lifebook. Um, We started something called Rotunda Prayers, Mm -hmm. um, me and some friends. And, like, after they graduated, I took it over. And we had, like, at one point, like, in a school with maybe 400 people in it, we would like have the rotunda so full that people had to wait until we were done every no single way. morning at 7.50 a.m. It's amazing. And uh, we started that at our school. And it's one of those things where like, I genuinely just wanted to care for people and love on people. But after I went through like the mental health stuff and still go through it, God's given me a certain heart for that. And after seeing people that became near and dear and close to me, die by suicide and even mentors that got close to me and were influencing me and like jared wilson for example like anthem of hope i think is amazing 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 thing like i still run a um, facebook group for like anthem of hope that i helped jared with and his legacy like lives on to this day like through me through everyone that's been impacted by like anthem of hope that message is still valid Mm. Uh, project semicolon is still valid like we're not defined by how we die right Mm -hmm. like there are so many great things that happen in their lives and of course like i'm not bringing their names up to bring light to like oh they died this way let's talk about how they lived Mm -hmm. let's talk about how they loved let's talk about how they cared about people and for me like when i wake up in the morning it's not like oh how am i gonna get another hundred thousand people to listen to my show yeah it's not at all like i have no clue like i just genuinely wake up and i'm like i have the opportunity to help spread positive messages i'm very picky about the clients people that we take on me and my business partner brian like i from the get-go with transparent media like i'm a i strive to be transparent i want our clients to be transparent i personally just want to be vulnerable and love on people and that's the whole message like you want to help people turn a message into a movement but How can we make an impact in this world, whether it's through music, whether it's through ministry, whether it's through a radio show, like how can we love on people? And for everyone listening, that's like from a small town or maybe you feel lost in a big city. There's so many outlets that you can use right now. Like think about social media, like how many people can you reach? Even if you only have 10 people that are following you, right? You can reach one person and that could be the thing that saves their life.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's true, and it's about it's about the one. You know, like you can't get caught up in the number game. Mm-mm. You know, like and I've you, done that. Yeah, it's, it's dreadful. Like, yeah, you get caught up in the number game. Like God's not using me unless there's thousands of people. It's not. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. Again, God sees your heart. And everyone that's in front of thousands of people did not start in front of thousands of people. No. You know, I've talked about it many times on the shows. Like when we first started the Who movement Movement um, before we did the music festivals, me and Sunny were going to like. We ended up like in a school classroom, it was like after school we were here in chino, and it was like twenty kids or fifteen kids or something and then I spoke at rehab and there was like a few a few people and I just kept being faithful to be to be used where I was at, and that's where I was at and I was just showing up to these things and then I was tell my Chris I go I told my wife Chris I go I was speaking like almost every night of the week because I just had i just knew if I spoke. And told my story and invited people to Christ. They were getting saved. Yeah. And it didn't matter. The, the, never in my mind was it like, I didn't think I'm, for me, I never thought like, oh, I need, I'm kind of a big deal. I need to be in front of thousands of people. That was never even a thought. Mm-hmm. My thought was like, if I could just tell one person, it didn't matter who it was. And that's still the mentality. You know, I, I've, I've told you before, the coolest things is to be with a couple people. To yeah. have a conversation and you see the lights turn on or like one person. That's better than, than doing the shotgun effect. I call it to the crowds. Snipers one on one, where one or two you're having you have to be engaged to have a conversation and let God work. But the shotgun blast is you're just you're giving the gospel, you're shooting it out to the crowd, and yeah. you're seeing who responds. Yeah. But the most exciting me is to have that one on one conversation and see it when they get turned on and like. It's just the, the Holy Spirit turns on in their in their mind, and you see it click. Yeah. And they're like, Jesus, okay, yeah, Jesus is the Son of God. And you pray for them, they get filled with the Spirit, and they're like, something happened. You know, I yeah. felt like peace. And you're like, yep, you got it. And that's what it's about. Yeah. So be used where you're at. It's not about numbers. Here's, mm-hmm. here's, here's Trevor from a, a town with 3,000 people. Yeah. Something so like Jesus that. said he went from town to town and a village to village. So you lived in a village, dude, I straight up <laughs> lived in a village and dude, even in that
1: small town, like I was a hustler, dude. Like when it came to doing events and stuff, that's amazing. When I was 14, I did like an event. We had like 300 people come out, like promoting events. And, and that's and like a big deal. 16, yeah. yeah. And oh, I yeah. had, um, we did like a road to together tour, like four together, 2016. I yeah. had like Jimmy Cravity from passion come out and like the finances and everything. Like I didn't ask for a cent, uh-huh. like, I straight up was working at Chick fil A and paid for it.
0: Dude, that's so And that
1: was in my town. So if anybody hears this, start where you are. Literally.
0: Start where you are. Just do it. All right, we're going to wrap it up. No, that was encouraging. That's encouraging for people who might think, oh, well, this is all I got. I'm from a small town, I got nothing. (laughs) Here you are working at Chick-fil-A, so much. Yeah. making things happen. Yeah. You know, it all comes down to passion and drive. Yeah. And you get that passion and drive when you're connected to the power from the Holy Spirit. And God is speaking to you, and he opens doors. Because mm-hmm. the more doors he opens, the more of the connection you have to him, you get excited. Yeah. And you keep going, and it keeps building. It's like a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've, I've witnessed as well, man. I love mm-hmm. you, dude. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being on. Go to uh, com. Click uh, tune into us and go to Trevor Talks. Yeah. My brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Love you, dude.
1: This has been The Ryan Reese Show.
0: To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it or did you only make it part way?